Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From m and rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellasai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Um, you really just have this incredible yeehaw energy about you today. I don't really know like what it is, but it's I'm really feeling it. Yeah, well, I was in Texas this weekend oh, right. for a wedding, and I now smell like smoked meat mm, just everything great. i own love being in an enclosed space with you it's just in the molecules of all of my clothes amazing yeah but it smells delicious i love it yeah i was in texas this weekend for a wedding and honestly it was a great source of inspiration for shit to vent about so we're diving deep into weddings today but first things first, we got worse things first, where I scream about oh, the worst news of the week. And finally, we have a hilarious interview with actor Travis Coles. He stars in Liza Koshy's YouTube original Liza On Demand as Oliver. And we'll talk to him about all of that and more. If you don't know Travis after this, you will love him. So stay tuned for all of that and more. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's walk down the aisle and start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First... This story is from a couple weeks ago, but it's terrifying <laughs> if you're a woman, especially. Love Congrats. it. Yay. This is from a CNN story. A 20-year-old Bangladeshi woman gave birth to a boy in late February. <laughs> the worst, am I right? <laughs> That's it. That's the whole story. No. So she gives birth to a boy. Normal delivery. The mother and the baby, they're released from the hospital. They go home. Less than four weeks later, she goes back to a hospital complaining of lower abdominal pain. No, no, no. And when the doctors do an ultrasound, no, 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 they no, realize no. she's still pregnant. No. With twins. Mm-mm. 
who were growing in a second uterus. No. Wow. Can you imagine? I can't. I don't want to. Like, not only do you have a second uterus, but you're growing twins in there after you've already given birth to a whole child. That is a nightmare. Yeah. So the this woman has a condition called uterus didolophus. Mm, yep, you That's almost my... went to med school. <laughs> my favorite Harry Potter character. <laughs> uterus didolophus. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Hufflepuff. Yeah, so her first baby and twins were conceived and grown in separate wombs. And they never did an ultrasound before the first baby, so she just had no idea. Like, truly the most fucked up episode of I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant. Yeah. Honestly, that's why every time I go to the bathroom, I always check before I flush. Mm -hmm. Because one of these days, a baby could be in there. You never know. Never know. I could shit out a baby. I could be the first man to grow a baby in my butt. This has been Science with Matt. All three children are safe and healthy. Um, oh, good. Next! An appeals court in Australia. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I can do. No one asked. Has dismissed a bullying case brought by an engineer who accused his former supervisor of repeatedly farting in his direction. Nice. At work. <laughs> nice. Are you going to sue my dog? Yes. <laughs> Only in Australia, though. If it makes you feel better, my dog was beat up by a little cat this weekend. Good. I know. I hope he got the shit beat out of he him. He really was scared and bloody. <laughs> He's okay. He's fine. <laughs> um. Anyway, way to make it about you. Yeah, you're um, welcome. The Court of Appeals upheld an initial judge's ruling that even if the engineer's allegations were true, farting did not necessarily constitute bullying. This you is know, really the debate of our time. I actually times. don't know if I agree with this judge. <laughs> it really depends on the intent. And also, I think, the control. There are power structures at play here. Yeah. Yeah. Or... He's not farting up. He's farting down. Mm-hmm. So here's what happened. He testified that they worked in a communal office space. And the man, the 56-year-old man, he decided that he wanted to move out of the communal space because he wanted to avoid his supervisor's farts. <laughs> so instead, his supervisor would enter his small windowless office Incredible. multiple times a day just to fart. <laughs> I love this. Also, I still feel like I disagree with the judge. Um, but I love it. The man alleged that... Mr. Short, that's his, the farter's name, that would, he would regularly break wind on him or at him, thinking it to be funny. This is like a classic big brother move. Then the engineer said he would spray Short with deodorant and call him Mr. Stinky. <laughs> <laughs> These are grown men. They had to pay attorneys to bring this to court. He would fart behind me and walk away. Oh. He would fart, but <laughs> he would fart behind me and walk away. He would do this five or six times a day. No, he lost it, but that's okay. Close enough. Short told the court he did not recall breaking wind in the man's office, but I may have done it once or twice. 
that's recalling, you dumb bitch. <laughs> I don't remember um, ever doing it, but maybe a couple times. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it's just a question of whether, like, someone's odors are assault. That's a harsh word for it. That's the. But, okay, so I guess on. I do agree with the judge. Yeah. Next. Two men in Arkansas were arrested on suspicion of aggravated assault after police say they shot each other while taking turns wearing a bulletproof vest. Okay, here's what happened. (laughs) According to the police, uh, the two men were neighbors. They were drinking on their deck. Doing neighborly things. As you do in Arkansas. A 50-year-old guy named Charles told his neighbor, 36-year-old Christopher, to shoot him with a .22 caliber rifle. Mm. I don't know mm. what those numbers mean. Nope. Every news story about guns mentions the fucking point you, you something, say, something. You say either it's the big long one <laughs> that shoots one at a time. Like, I just I think that's call what it by like is. what it is in GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. I need to know the Nintendo 64 description. <laughs> the, basically, the, the one guy, the 50-year-old guy named Charles, asked his 36-year-old neighbor Christopher to shoot him with a .22 caliber rifle while Charles wore a bulletproof vest. Cool. He was like, I'm going to put on this bulletproof vest and I want you to fucking shoot me. With a rifle. Yeah, leftover style. So he did, and it left a red mark on his chest, and then he got angry about it because it hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) And then, yeah, I like how the story is like, yeah, he got pissed off because it hurt, but then they switched places. He took off the vest, gave it to the other person, and then Christopher put on the vest and Charles unloaded the clip into his back. Just the rest of it. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Causing bruises, but no serious injuries. And then, I don't know, they just called the police on each other? What? (laughs) Because they both got arrested. This is how they both got arrested for aggravated assault on one another. Who are these children? There's a. This is a 50 year old man I, and no. a 36 year old man. Just why? Who are like, let's shoot one another and then call the police. Oh my god! Just like play hurts. with sticks. Yeah, honestly, just fuck one another. <laughs> <laughs> like clearly, this is some like deep psychological way of expressing your love for one another. It would be much more pleasurable for you to just put your dick into the other person than a bullet. That's beautiful, Matt. Make love, not war. That's what I always say. (laughs) And finally, customs officials in the Philippines were astonished when they opened a bunch of nicely gift-wrapped boxes of cookies and oatmeal flown all the way from Poland. All right, you just open everyone's fucking gifts. Customs. Rude. Who gave you the right? The government. So they opened a bunch of nicely gift-wrapped boxes of cookies and oatmeal to find that they were not full of cookies and oatmeal, but instead full of hundreds of live tarantulas. Why are people doing this? (laughs) No, ma'am. You couldn't pay me to open that shit. Is this what customs is? Just like a scary game of like that can. Unboxing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow, they should start unboxing videos. This is a great new revenue stream for governments. Yeah. You listen in government? Yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Monetize that YouTube video. (laughs) Fewer taxes, right? Customs officers (laughs) open up boxes of food and it could be. It's tarantulas. A deadly poisonous spider. (laughs) 
so yeah, customs found a total of 757 tarantulas. Who counted? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Who was like one spider, two spiders? <laughs> Fuck. You get to like 600 and then you drop them. Oh, God. What's 757 times eight? That's 6,056 legs. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we are diving deep into the chaos of weddings. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. So I got invited to a few weddings this year. <laughs> Not to brag or anything, but <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> two weddings. It's like, I feel like it actually is the first time that I've been to like a friend's wedding and not like Mm -hmm. a family wedding. Right. I was in Austin for a wedding this weekend and I basically sobbed through the entire ceremony. Possibly because I smoked a little bit beforehand. Sorry, mom. (gasps) And it was outside. So like my allergies were activated. (laughs) (laughs) They got turned on. Yeah. It was one of the first weddings I've been to that like wasn't in just like a church. It's like, oh, you actually like one another. (laughs) This is new. (laughs) Listen, no offense to the literal billions of people who get married in churches, but like, it's boring. There's nothing like starting your lifelong commitment to one another by sitting in a stuffy building for an hour and reading from an old book while a grown man in a robe watches you kiss. What an awful thing. Yeah, it's just an old man being like, kiss. Do it. Fucking kiss. But not until I say so. I will say before I get into all of this that the wedding I was at was amazing and beautiful and this is not about them. <laughs> not that I think any of them will listen, but just in case. Wow, it's what not kind about of friends them. Friends are these. <laughs> Fuck them. It is officially wedding season though, and I got a lot of bitch about, so let's get into it. The worst things about weddings. <gasps> First of all, weddings are expensive as heck for everybody involved. That's why I hate when people who like throw weddings throw, host, I don't have force. Force it upon us. I hate when they're like, oh, it's cost so much money. What about us? We are innocent civilians that you're inflicting this on. I have to fly to your wedding, get a hotel, put together a look, get a gift. Hire a male escort as my date. Train him to answer questions so that everybody believes that he is my date. Pay for even more therapy after I accidentally fall in love with him. Also, I can watch you try to walk in a straight line wearing a princess dress. You dumb fuck. Also, you can't get too drunk because then you're that person who ruined the wedding just because you tried mounting one of the topiaries. I also just don't like how it's like, okay, I'm expected to dress the nicest I've ever dressed, but also there's an open bar and I'm going to get wrecked. Yeah. So how, how either I show up in sweatpants and we get turnt, as the children say, or I look nice and you treat me with respect. Gotta choose. Next! Outdoor weddings are a scourge. Why not just dig a hole and get married in, in right in the dirt like mm-hmm. a bunch of pigs? 
You're exposing me to harmful UV radiation just so you can flash your wedding titties at the sky? What about if it rains, you dumb bitch? What about if it's windy? My comb over can't withstand any winds above two to three miles per hour, okay? You are risking the structural integrity of my hairstyle. Also, you can get hitched like a couple of rabbits. Next, the food at weddings is always horrible. It's just just, terrible. When you're making a lot of food for a lot of people, there's no way it's going to be delicious. No, uh, I want a meal, goddammit. I want a banquet. Why can't weddings be like they are in Game of Thrones, where everybody just feasts before ripping off the bride's clothes and chanting while they carry her to get fucked in her wedding bed? It's always like one piece of dumb chicken and like one mashed potato. Not enough! Not enough! I don't want to have to choose fucking chicken or fish. Especially like months out. I don't know what I'm going to be in the mood for that day. (laughs) I struggle to figure out what I'm eating as I'm eating it. Yeah. I I can't make that kind of commitment. Chicken, obviously. Above fish? Ugh. I'm not going to eat seafood at your wedding. What kind of disgusting fucking boat are you getting married on? Also, and it just pains, this pains me to say, but it is true, wedding cake is disgusting because it's all about presentation and not about substance, just like your marriage. (laughs) It looks pretty on the outside, but inside it's dry and your mother-in-law hates it. Also, I don't like when they cut the cake and then they smash it into the, the other person's face. Congratulations. Your entire marriage is founded on the desecration of a beautiful dessert. Why can't weddings just have two amazing cakes and the two married people have to race to finish it? Whoever finishes it first wins the marriage. That's that's going to be your wedding. <laughs> yes. It's just um, a cake eating contest. Yeah. <laughs> I also hate any event where people are walking around with trays of food and you have to just like try grabbing at it like whack-a-mole. <laughs> Because, like, usually you have a drink in one hand, which means you just have to launch the food into your mouth with the other hand, catapult style, and hope that it makes it into your throat. Also, you just have to lunge at a tray every time it passes you, which is once every 10 minutes, until you're actually full and you don't want any anymore, and then suddenly the waiter is there every 15 fucking seconds asking if you're ready for another one. Also, the fact that they should, like, change it out each time, not the food, but the person, because they get judgy real quick. Yeah, they start forming opinions about who, oh, yeah. who is lunging too quickly, which is usually me. And then it's like, yeah, I'm going to take a, like several at a time because I know you're not going to be back, and that's on you. That's yeah, your me. job, and you're doing it poorly, so I'm going to take a shit ton of this food right now. That's like the appetizer portion, which generally speaking is when I'm hungriest. Also is usually the tastiest of the food. Yeah. Because they pack the most flavor into the smallest things. Mm -hmm. I was at an event and um, we figured out where the food was coming from. Oh, God. The kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't wasn't that hard to figure out where the fresh trays of food were coming from. Um, But we stood close to the door and eventually the one waiter was like, guys, I I have to keep moving. You keep taking it all before we get into the rest of the room. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, I'm fucking hungry. There's also so much shit leading up to and surrounding a wedding. There's the shower, the bachelor and bachelorette party, the rehearsal dinner, the ceremony, the reception, the ceremonial bedding ritual. 
You're really into the betting ritual today. <laughs> it's just so weird. I've also been watching too much GOT. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think people do that anymore. Well, you never know. I was always so confused because I feel like every movie that I saw as a child featuring a wedding would have that moment at the end where they would all like wave them goodbye as they like got into a limo and like went immediately on their honeymoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, is not, not a thing ever. No, they just, like, get in a limo and go back to their hotel. Yeah. Right. And probably, like, pass out. There's also always, like, one aggressively elderly person that is there. And everybody's like, don't, don't get too close to Nana. Because each of her lungs is dangling from the root. <laughs> like a the- fucking rotten pear. <laughs> oh, no. And it's like, well, maybe Nana should have stayed the fuck home. But then there's that amazing point in the wedding where someone really drunk goes and grabs Nana and brings her out onto the dance floor and everyone stops and just watches them. And then both of her femurs snap. (laughs) I'd be that person. Because, yeah, it's like Flawless is next on the DJ's playlist and I can't be held responsible for the collapse of Nana's respiratory system. I just don't enjoy the, like, mix of age demographics at weddings. Oh, cool. You don't like diversity. (laughs) Age demographic. Age diversity. Diversity can include age. Yeah, I'm ageist. I'll say it. (laughs) Fuck old people. (laughs) Stay the fuck home. I don't want to see you. But also there's like that middle-aged group of dads whose stomachs stick out past their belt lines, but also are like rock hard. Uh And then they drink, they each drink like a case of beer and their noses get aggressively red. And then they fucking lose their minds the second Don't Stop Believing comes on. (laughs) It's just a lot to handle while I'm trying to sip a cocktail. Also, wedding DJs take their jobs way too seriously. It's like, okay, we all have iTunes. Just fucking load it up. Some couples have a do not playlist. I've seen people tweet about this. Where it's like, if someone requests the song, the DJs can't play it. Oh, wow. And it's like, I respect the fact that you paid thousands of dollars to celebrate signing a piece of paper, but if I want to play the fucking chicken dance, I'll get my way. (laughs) It's usually like all of those basic, like the electric slide. Was there a band at yours, though? At my wedding? Or at the one you were just at? It was a DJ. Okay. I I think that cover bands are worse. Yeah. They only know, like, five songs. Wait. Oh, my God. I have to check with my parents that it's okay to say this. But my parents got engaged at a Sade concert, and their song was Our Love is King. And then on the day of their wedding, their first dance song was going to be Our Love is King. But they had a band, and the singer couldn't make it, and so they had a backup singer do it. And that backup singer only knew Smooth Operator. (laughs) Which is a song about infidelity. (laughs) And that became the song that they danced to at their wedding. And this is why cover bands should not play at weddings. That is so sad. It's so funny. And finally, on the one hand, I hate when people are like so rigidly traditional. And it's like everything has to be like it was in like the 1600s. But also I hate the other side when people go too far in the other directions. And it's like you get couples who are like, yeah, we like to do things a a little differently around here. (laughs) Instead of chairs, you're all going to sit on exercise bikes and we're actually going to keep the music powered through pedaling. (laughs) It's like, guess what, Denise? (laughs) 
All this being said, my wedding will be incredibly elaborate and attendance will be mandatory and the rules will be oppressively strict. (laughs) Nobody will be allowed to make eye contact with me. So I hope you're all ready because it's going to be amazing. It'll be amazing for me and I'll be a groomzilla. Oh, yeah, you will. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Travis Cole in the studio after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Lisa. Lisa believes that a bed is more than just a place to sleep. It's a place for relaxation and rest. And they believe that everybody has the right to rest. That's why they make two amazing mattresses, plus accessories and bases, to give your body the deep rest it needs. So, what are these two mattresses? Well, let me tell ya. The all-foam Lisa mattress is new and improved, featuring cooling LSA 200 foam for enhanced pressure relief for side sleepers. And their Sapira hybrid mattress is the perfect combination of foam and spring for pressure relief and edge-to-edge support. Not only will your body rest easy, but also your mind. Because Lisa donates one mattress for every 10 they sell to organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. To date, they've donated more than 32,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. As a side sleeper myself, I appreciate the all-foam mattresses' attention to my body. My parents replaced the old stone of a mattress in their guest bedroom with this new Lisa mattress, and now I look forward to going home. Whether you're getting a mattress for you or your guests, you can get 15% off your entire order at lisa.com unhappy and use promo code unhappy. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash unhappy, promo code unhappy. Today's episode is also brought to you by Mercari. Guess what? It's spring cleaning time. Did you go through all your stuff and found that there's just a lot you don't use? Kitchen utensils you never utilize? A sparkly halter top you thought you could pull off? Spare computer parts you didn't even know how you ended up with? Well, Mercari is an app you can use to sell all this stuff. They make it fast and easy to sell almost anything. Here's how it works. Simply take a few pics of your stuff, add a description, and then boom, your item is listed. Once it's sold, Mercari emails you a shipping label and you just send it off. The best part, it's hassle-free and there are no meetups with strangers. With Mercari, you can sell everything from fashion to electronics, toys to sporting goods. Over 100,000 items get listed on Mercari every day. Earn a few extra dollars and clear up valuable space in your home with Mercari. The app has over 300,000 reviews on the app stores with an average 4.8 star rating. So why not give it a try? Don't let that stuff you don't use go to waste. Sell it, ship it, and get paid with Mercari. You can find Mercari on the app stores or on Mercari.com. M-E-R-C-A-R-I. Mercari, the selling app. Mercari. 
My guest complainer today is actor Travis Coles. You have seen him in the YouTube hit Liza On Demand, which is about to start its second season. Mm-hmm. He's also appeared in NBC Superstore, Great News. And soon you'll see him in David Makes Man, a new show produced by Oprah. It'll appear on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Um, they just showed the first episode at South by Southwest to rave reviews. I know. <laughs> Welcome, Travis. Hello. So excited to have you. So before we get into everything, we like to start by asking everyone what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Oh, okay. Well, uh, for me, it's summertime. Yeah. Summer. All of summer. <laughs> I hate it. And you and I are kindred spirits. Oh my God, you hate summer too? Yeah, I mean, I, I deal with it. We I, are Yes, obviously, because we are, we are living humans. Right, and we, right. It comes every year. But don't get me don't get me started on summer. And also don't try to make me love it. You know what I mean? That's when the marketing comes out and they're just like, summer's here and everyone's yeah. excited. And I'm like, it is hot. Right. We're closer to the sun, I think. I don't know about science. <laughs> But I don't like it. You cannot take off skin. Yeah. But you can add layers. I love a layer. That's why fall and spring, it's beautiful. It's nice. Also, when I'm hot, I'm angry. Yeah. I'm angry. And I also don't want to eat as much, which right. is terrible, you know? I enjoy summer for like a week. And it is the week where it has yet to really become summer. Mm. And now, um, yeah, that's why I enjoy coming to L.A. and short bursts because I feel like I get that taste and then I can go back and... Can I tell you something? I live in LA. I love it. I'm from LA. But during summertime, everyone's like, let's go to the beach. And I'm mm-hmm. like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. I know what's in that water. Why are we excited about this? And everyone's like, because oh, I go to the beach and I literally just bring a book. I bring a full quilt mm-hmm. because I know what's going to happen. It's going to be filled with sand. My car is going to be dirty because everyone wants to carpool with me because I've got the bigger car and, you know, I get better gas mileage and mm-hmm. they're like, let's be conscious of the earth. And then they go into the water. The last time I went into the water, I'm not kidding, I got stabbed by a rock. Yeah. Water, How does that happen? Like blood in the water. Blood in the water. And we know what happens when blood comes in the water. <laughs> I don't know science again, but I'm sure there are animals and creatures that will try to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole there's a whole movie about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us about your what is your like actor origin story? The first thing I ever auditioned for was Missoula Children's Theater Company that actually is a traveling uh, company uh-huh. uh, from Missouri. And they came to San Antonio, Texas, and they were doing Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh-huh. And I remember I went and I it was like a cattle call and I uh, got a call back. And if you got a call back, that meant that you had to stay. And so I stayed and my dad was there and I literally got the role of the giant Uh because I was the tallest one there (laughs) and I could sing. So that was my first play. And I will tell you, so the first opening night, we're doing Jack the Beanstalk, the musical, and I come out and I trip and the entire stage, like I ruin the entire stage. Oh no. But guess who did not stop singing? (laughs) (laughs) Me! I knocked everything down because it wasn't, it was, you know, it's community theater. Yeah. Everything's a little like fickle. Right. But I just, I'm like this giant and I'm an awkward giant at this hour. But I didn't know what to do except for continue to go on. And I just kept doing it and we did the 
rest of the show uh-huh. w- with a set that had fallen down. And that was the first time I ever acted on stage. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? You had your Beyonce moment of if shit is going oh down. Oh my but God. You don't take the mic away you, from your face. You don't. You keep going. And from there, I remember I went to school and like I graduated college. You do all the college stuff and then came to Los Angeles mm-hmm. uh, and kind of did not go into wanting to have the dream of acting for a yeah. while. I like became an assistant and like learned the behind the scenes stuff of film and television that I kind of already knew about, but like really in depth because you don't really know until you get into it. And I was like, oh, okay. And what it really did, what it really taught me was the streets of Los Angeles. <laughs> Cause I basically just did a lot of driving around, mm-hmm. which was, Honestly, very, oh, the very actual helpful. Streets. Oh, yeah, the actual streets. Yeah, <laughs> We're not I was in those streets. Yeah, no, 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 I was like on the streets. Like, I know <laughs> how to get to Pico Boulevard. That means sure. nothing to you, but everything. I've seen it. You've yeah. seen it. Be- <laughs> I, you know what? It was great. I did that. And then one year, I mean, I was making good money and I decided, you know what? I don't want to do this. I know what I actually want to be doing. Um, This was great. And I quit that job and I decided to become a server and a bartender, something that was very flexible. Uh-huh. Um, And I worked at the Hard Rock Cafe. I opened the Hard Rock Cafe here on Hollywood and Highland, which nice. is basically Times Square <laughs> of Hollywood. <laughs> It was terrible, I have to tell you, because (laughs) my job was to basically upsell to tourists. Like, your schedule would be based on, like, how much, like, glassware or, like, memorabilia or, like, upsells you did with Uh the food. Right. And I, like, had a completely different voice. It was like, hey, guys, welcome to Hard Rock. (laughs) How you guys doing today? Oh, yeah? Oh, Michael Jackson's jacket? Oof too soon and like i would just talk about memorabilia and be like oh do you want do you want that with the big beer because you could take it home later you know like it was it was awful but i was really good at it i was really really good at it yeah and i like had to train other people and then finally i was like i gotta get out of here because it was eating my soul also i hate hollywood and highland like yeah so much it's just terrible it's like if you were going to Times square every day yeah that sounds like a nightmare right? right yeah it is things started happening and yeah. like I started working and getting like more work like I started doing stuff at UCB the mm-hmm. Upright Citizens Brigade out here um, and I did that for years uh, I was terrible and really terrible <laughs> and terrible and then was like okay now you're getting a little bit better but it just took years and then also like making your own stuff and producing your own stuff was yeah. probably the most important thing that ever ever happened for me I mean because it's the only thing that actually got me anywhere. I mean, like, the showrunners of Lies on Demand saw a video that my friend and I made on YouTube and was like, oh, this. And then one of the people that I was actually serving, who was, like, a regular at this other restaurant, Uh was the babysitter of the showrunner (laughs) and was like, oh, my God, yeah, that's my friend. You should bring him in. And then my friend and I auditioned for the role the same day. Yeah, we drove in together. Yeah. Um, And it was great, like, because... He just, it was amazing. It was a good experience. And I mean, in Hollywood, 
you're always running into the same people. Mm -hmm. So I was in a room with literally all of my friends. And every time I auditioned for something now, it's like, okay, cool. All of my friends are here. Right. And there's none of the... I don't know. I used to think it was going to be like, everyone hates each other. I have not experienced that yet. Or maybe I'm just like really naive and just like, (laughs) everyone loves everyone. And literally everyone hates me. But I don't know. Yeah. It's great. That's how I feel about dating now, especially in New York, where I'm like, oh, we're all up for the role of this person's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh we're oh, all in line okay oh i see God. oh yeah yeah no i i love that i mean it is it does feel like a very like yeah that's a kind of like la story of you all you know the people you, you run into them and yeah it's, yeah but that's part of the that's how it works yeah i don't i mean and it's great and in, in for me now i know i don't have these like ideas of I have to have this uh, when I go into an audition room Mm -hmm. because I know that I was actually fine when I didn't have anything and I was still making my own stuff and I was happy. It's like, you don't have to like do, you just get to actually have the fun. Yeah. You know, and things have been happening for me and I'm just so grateful for everything. Um, Especially both the shows that I'm on right now because I, like Liza on demand is just so much fun and then David Makes Man is just like, I have never read something that was so heartfelt and like touched me in a way where I was like, oh my God, I feel seen. Yeah. In this insane, like so personal. Right. And then when we screened it at South by Pilot, everyone was just like, whoa, they had their own experience within the pilot that they related to. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, oh, this is going to be very meaningful. Yeah. And what's the, give us the pitch, I guess. The pitch. So David Makes Man is about a boy living in South Florida named David. He's 13 years old. He's experienced some trauma and he's actually just trying to figure out how to navigate his life between living in the projects. And mm-hmm. then also he goes to a magnet school and he's trying to see, can he make a better life for himself? And it's just interesting what happens within the community of like code switching and like, yeah. what what do you choose? Like, where do you go? And there's all these people who are mirrors to like what his life could be, where he could go. And, I don't know. It's in the community of the projects, I think, is shown in such a different way mm-hmm. that is not just like the stereotype of what you see. It's what I've actually experienced. You know, it's it, 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 there's love there. You mm-hmm. know, it's more than just the the violence and the trauma. It's right. actually like, well, it there's more conflict because if it was that bad, you would just leave you know but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not and that i love the gray area yeah honey give me that gray area (laughs) where i don't know what i want oh uh, and it's written by or produced by the same writer as Moonlight? Mm-hmm. Terrell Alvin McCraney. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a genius. He does He does plays. He has a play on Broadway called Choir Boy. That's right. Which yeah. you have to see. I have uh, yet to I, see it. Oh, go but see I it. But I heard about it. Yeah. Yes, Choir Boy. And then he has a movie on Netflix that Steve Soderbergh uh, directed called High Flying Bird. Mm -hmm. And now he has a TV show called David Makes Man. Uh And I'm sure he'll just do whatever he wants (laughs) because he just is brilliant. And then our showrunner, D. Lawrence Harris, and then... Uh, Oprah Winfrey, my God. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the and Oprah Michael story. B. Jordan. I mean, it is... Here's what I can tell you. Uh-huh. Uh, I can tell you that she visited set and I can tell you that it was even better than 
anything that you could imagine it would be. Uh huh. And I still to this day, I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> did that happen? And that's kind of how it's been recently, just in different aspects of my life. I'm like, did that happen? Like, did yeah. we? And I'm just, it, I don't know. I'm so excited. I'm so <laughs> excited. And I, every day I wake up, I'm like, oh, yes, you know, and it must be annoying to some people, but I'm like, <laughs> you have no idea. I have a picture with Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. We're smiling together. That is, that is aspirational. Honestly, that is just my new, like, profile for everything it's just like <laughs> hi this is who i am yeah can you handle it i think oprah for me is one of the i've always i always wonder like who, who are the celebrities that i would lose my chill over oh. and because like i think i'm actually contrary to the persona that i present on twitter i'm fairly calm yeah. around most celebrities uh, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I've never like truly freaked out on anybody I keep it together um, yeah. mostly because there's that fucked up part of my brain that's like we'll be friends like uh, <laughs> oh, I'm not no, gonna freak that's out not fucked up. that's real but yeah I think like Beyonce and probably Oprah are the two that I'm like we'll never interact ever again so I don't care how much of a freak I am like uh, I'm getting my moment oh yeah you you won't <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't freak out because the energy is just so calming yeah I don't know something about the presence of of Oprah is just like so calming you would not you would just be like oh I'm I'm fine. Yeah. And I'm free of all the negative anything that ever came into my life. Yeah. But no, I was reading something that you, uh, an interview where they asked you about luck and whether you believe in luck. Oh. And I, I loved your answer. Which was... Yeah. Yeah. I do not necessarily believe in luck because uh, I think that that's very like limiting. Like right. once you say, oh, I'm just like lucky, it's like, oh, then there's not an abundance. It's actually like, no, I believe that if I do the work and I continue to just show up in my life, things will happen and that it that could happen for everyone. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, sure, there could be like right place, right time. But I think it's like this was just the moment that it was supposed to happen. You yeah. Because yeah. I remember the year before I got David Makes Man or that year I tested for a pilot. I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to get this. And it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I was so devastated. And I was just like, okay. And I allow myself to be disappointed. But then it's like, you know what? That's okay. I have to continue to work. And then I I got an audition for that show. And I was just like, okay. And it was a show that I never even would have thought that I would be considered for or even get an audition for. And, and then I did it. And now I'm a part of it. You know? Yeah. And now I'm just like, oh, okay. So if I just continue to show up for myself, like, sure, I may not get one thing, but that just means that down the line, it's going to be something else that I couldn't have even thought of. Yeah, yeah. I think people would call it faith. I guess for me, it's like, now I just have like experience. Now I just know what happens, at least for me. I might write a self-help book, actually. Uh Uh-huh. I I think I could. I think at a certain point, like, that would be the ultimate goal for me is to just like, how can I help other people? Yeah. Because that actually feels good. Because when, you know, you ever feel like you're just like, I'm in my head all the time. I'm in my head. Yeah. And then you get out of your head when you're, do something, you call a friend and you're like, what's up with you? Yeah. It just, doesn't it feel better? Yeah, well, I mean, I have given the wrong directions to enough people in New York to know that I should not give advice. (laughs) (laughs) Not advice, no, not advice. (laughs) But like, if you just like, 
if you are just like, I'm going to call a friend and just be like, what What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What yeah, is yeah. happening with you? You know, it's right. just all, I just know, yeah, self-help, like me authoring a self-help, uh, yes. any, anything, I'm like, well, yeah. It feels <laughs> it feels good in the moment until five minutes later, I'm like, oh, that was absolutely the wrong advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're 100% going in the wrong direction right now. <laughs> yes, and I love that advice for you is the same just direction. as directions. <laughs> <laughs> Here's oh you're getting a divorce. Here's my advice: take the two and then get off on the one on one. These are all cut like, and dry. Exactly. Yeah. I love. I actually love that idea. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Wild left turn, but I need an explanation for this quote from your website um, that you wrote Jurassic Park erotic fan fiction. Okay, so, in ninth grade, I will say okay, so. But so, still, that is so. What you're ninth grade? That's freshman year. Okay. That's uh, 15? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I, damn, that, I got to change the website. <laughs> I forgot that that was on there. Okay. It was just one of those funny truths, but let me tell you. Is it human dinosaur erotic? No. Dinosaur, it, dinosaur. It's basically um, Jeff Goldblum's character and Sam okay. Neill's character. <laughs> like, actually, like, what would happen if they were together? Mm-hmm. And, like, it was the whole story of, like, their saga alone and sure. how, like, everyone left them and they actually stayed on the island and like fell in love and okay. yeah I uh, <laughs> I, I get, it gets a little graphic okay. uh, Dr. Grant does some things that uh, <laughs> even the T-Rex <laughs> would be afraid of and it was good for me yeah. I wrote well because here's the thing I did grow up in like a religious household so like mm-hmm. all of the I had to entertain myself with kind of homosexual sure. erotica. Uh, I Another thing that I will disclose is that I actually drew my own porn. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish that were not true, but there was this book called What's Happening to My Body, uh-huh. and they had like the anatomy of intercourse, male and female intercourse, and I decided to trace the male <laughs> and then say, oh, then what happens if it's, over. let's flip it over and like put another male in there, and that's actually how I learned how to draw. I'm not even kidding. I taught myself how to draw <laughs> by drawing my own porn, and I can literally right now just bust out like some hardcore <laughs> action in two seconds because I'm that's good at beautiful it. yeah that's always Thank a backup you. yeah until your mom finds it <laughs> my mom found my <laughs> sketchbook oh, of no. my drawn porn uh-huh. and was just like that's how she I mean that's not how she discovered that right. I was gay but it was just like this is weirder than like actual porn <laughs> You drew this. And then it like gets better because I started shading. Oh my God, why are we talking about this? <laughs> but yes. Yeah. I did it. And that's me. That's my quirk. I drew my own porn and I wrote my own erotica. Yeah. Okay. Let's transition. We call this a game, but it's not even a game. Usually Uh-oh. we call it bowl of shit talk. And this is a <gasps> yes. bunch of random topics that we'll bitch about. But luckily, you, uh, we usually ask people to send like a couple things they want to complain about you sent like a whole goddamn list <laughs> oh, <no>. oh <laughs> so I we're just like, gonna oh, let's be prepared yeah, we're gonna talk about some of the stuff um, okay, great. i want you to uh, explain great. popcorn yes 
you hate? I hate popcorn. Popcorn gets stuck in your teeth. Sure. It's salty. I don't like the melted crazy butter. And everyone's like, let's eat this in the theater. And then people don't throw their bags away. Mm -hmm. They're always trying to shove popcorn in my face, even after I tell them I don't eat it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, what if we put candy in there? And I'm like, yeah, you know what would happen is that it would still be popcorn with the candy. Get it out of my face. I hate it. Uh Uh, white people stop asking your black friends what time period they wish they could travel to mm-hmm. back to it's never it's never the past it is never the past <laughs> how often are people asking you what time period it's you would crazy. like to live it's crazy for in? some reason it's all it's like uh, probably once a month i'll be in a group and so i'll be like <laughs> i was born in the wrong time period and it's like one of my white friends and they like go into it and i'm like please i mean you're talking about like the 20s and the style and the fashion or whatever and don't come to me, don't look at me, don't ask me, and then they do. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, um, can I just remind you about what was happening back then? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then for me, too, it's like, even if I'm kicking it like with my gay friends and they'll like go into that, I'm like, um, definitely still not the past for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, or if it's a girl, I'm like, not the past for you either. Right. Maybe the future. And I just am tired of it, and I really wish they would stop. Also, people died from a lot of diseases. <laughs> Like dysentery. Like what? Why are we trying to go back there? It yeah. was disgusting. There's nothing that we had back then that you can't easily get now. Absolutely. Like if you want to live like it was the 1920s, you can do it. You literally can't. <laughs> go out and live like that. And the I clothes think, still exist. I think people always just mean like the fashion and right. like the the fashion and the style. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's like that's that's not what was just happening. It wasn't just the fashion <laughs> and the style. It was the culture. It was the socioeconomic. Like it was a lot of stuff that right. was terrible. Right. And we fixed it or, and are in the process of even getting better. I've just been invited lately to too many speakeasies, and I'm oh, like, no, God. we don't have to hide anymore. No, no, we're no. allowed. <laughs> I don't it's think legal. people know what that is. True. Yeah, and a, why is it that there, especially here in LA, every bar now is trying to like look like it's from the prohibition, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, cool, your Edison bulbs and your yeah. wood and your, you know, just like your lacquered wood, and everyone has a mustache, and everyone is, you know. On the run because liquor is illegal now. Yeah. And it's like, no, stop it. Just because you have Edison bulbs, by the way, doesn't mean you can be an <laughs> asshole and take 20 minutes to make a drink. And I don't even drink. I ask for a soda water, bitch. Yeah. Let's see. Let's make a black savior movie about black women who keep saving America from itself. I honestly, <laughs> I just, I truly, I truly. I'm tired of the white savior movie. I'm, I'm tr- <laughs> it's just like only because it's like a genre, that right? It just right. happens all the time, and I'm like, can we please like turn it on its head? Like, yeah, this story hasn't been told, and yet it's still happening. You yeah. know what I mean? And you know who should star in it? Just like all the Reginas. <laughs> like, give us all the Reginas, please. Because yeah, it would be a hit. I'm all for it. Um, okay, uh, a couple more. Ooh. Um, you just said we're all addicted to Instagram. We are. And honestly, True. people are like, I, I said that to someone, I was like, we're addicted to Instagram. And they're like, no, it's not an addiction. No, we're not. And I'm like, honestly, if you post something, you're you're definitely checking how many likes you got. Yeah. You're always checking how many likes you got. I feel like I like need to put on my tinfoil hat when I talk about Instagram um, because they it's like, 
oh fucked up. If they if they design it so that you check it at the right moment, like they design it so that they will uh, withhold likes. They yeah. they'll withhold showing you how many likes your thing got until you check it, and they can deliver it a bunch at once. Yeah, that oh. That is so smart. So that you that get like so that smart. rush. You get the rush. It is, it's an addiction and I have fully embraced it. Yeah. Um, I'm not ready to give it up mm-hmm. and neither is anyone else. I'm really glad that I have it because I love photos and I love seeing what other people are doing in their lives. Yeah. Not to compare, but to honestly for me, it's like, that's fun. And uh, sometimes it actually helps me know where to go to like eat or yeah. go to the next coffee shop because I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Perhaps relatedly, you mentioned thirst traps, and I don't know if you're pro or con on thirst traps. Oh, pro. Yeah. Pro. I used to honestly be like, no, like, do, I do not like the idea of someone just like showing off there. And now I'm like, everybody, if you have a thirst trap, Please send it. Yeah. Because you know what? I know that you in that moment know and you feel good about yourself. And that actually turns me on the most. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a lie. It depends. For me, I'm like, oh, you're hot. You know? But honestly, though, I truly think that more people should just do it and stop pretending like, that's not something that we all want. You yeah, know? it's I si- I go through cycles where I'm like, all right, there because there are some there are some guys who are, that I follow who are like, all right, you posted this. The caption has absolutely nothing to do with anything. Oh, never read the caption. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, it's always about in, pizza. Yeah. Ugh. And then we get into like there was one guy who put like I forget what the like hashtag was around no. the time of the like Muslim ban. Oh Jesus! Uh, but no, he no, like no. wrote the caption like the hashtag on his abs. Okay, that and that was like his activism. Okay, <laughs> and then he like <laughs> rightly got dragged. Yeah, that's a little. Mu- I'm not okay. Let me just say I'm not into. <laughs> activist thirst traps (laughs) or honestly like any sort of just activism that is like specifically online I'm like I don't know right because that's just not how you change anything also if you are like just posting about it it's like I don't know if you're what are what are you actually doing yeah. about it and you know in your life. Yeah, their defense I remember was like, well, this is the type of thing that I post and therefore this is me acknowledging like what is happening in the world I in a know. way that is translatable to my followers. Oh man. And it's like, well, let me just say that kind of activism is not no no no. I want your just show me your abs. Right. Just show your butt. Like if you look hot and you feel hot that day, show it. Sure. And I'm, acknowledge I'm this one. I just want to acknowledge that you said uh, I knew Olivia Coleman before all of you bitches. However, you did misspell her name in the email. So, <gasps> uh, fake fan. <laughs> Wait, what did I misspell? Coleman does not have an e in it. Oh, that's my dream. Um, so. Clearly, so, I am a fake stan, um, but I did, I truly did, I remember years ago, I found the show on Netflix, and I watched it. It was called Broadchurch. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And We're I was like- fans. Oh, yes. And I remember being like, I remember the first episode of the first season, I was like, whoa, like how did- how did she just do that? She went from like, she was a detective, and she was like- uh, 
with this woman that had just been hurt and like violated and then she um, was just serious about her job and then she goes into talking with her son and like having a moment where she's like in tears and then she's like laughing and I was just like oh you just like go to places so easily and it's so natural and I was like who is this and then I watched all of it and then I like went back and was like I have to know what all the things that she was in and like I went back to her like movies and then mm-hmm. her stuff that was in the future that she did like uh Fleabag which and the, I, I just was obsessed and I was like she's going to be amazing and like I kept being like guys you have to watch the show you have to do and then she just blew up yeah. It was it was incredible. I'm I, so happy for her. I love her so much. And I'm like so excited about The Crown. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to say that cuz a lot of my friends are just like The Crown is boring. Like I can't, I, mean, I it, fell asleep. It but, is a very slow show, but but, it's, but it is one of my favorite shows because I think some of the writing is just like so beautiful. Some of the moments even though it's slow are just I, I can't even believe that it's happening. Also, the first two seasons, the sister. Oh my God! There's <laughs> this picture of her where she's like drunk. Well, she was always drunk. Um, and she like has these like her makeup is running, and she's just like very manic. And I'm like, oh, I took a screenshot of it, and I was like, <laughs> that is me. And just in a nutshell, like I want. I've always wanted to kind of like embody that, that yeah. like Blanche Dubois kind of like characteristic. Right. So Helen and Bonham Carter, she's amazing. And I think that she is going to be perfect for that. Yeah. And of course, Olivia Coleman. I know. Be the I queen. like forget that that is coming in the future. And yeah. then like I'll remember it in bursts. Okay. We can end on the next one, which is I just want to know why rom coms ruined your life. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> mainly because <laughs> there's a very specific moment, I'm okay. guessing. Yes. So rom coms have me believing that if I meet up with someone online and like the I'm mainly talking about You've Got Mail. Uh-huh. Um, then the relationship would be great. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, I have only, it's only ended in catfishing for me. <laughs> but oh, no. I keep going back to it because I'm like, what if I find like my Tom Hanks? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I keep having these like pen pal relationships. Right. And I, I know that that seems very old fashioned, but I keep doing it. How many times have you been catfished? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's so much more to unpack here. Okay. Okay. I've been catfished about... Oh, God. (laughs) About nine times. Oh, my God. (laughs) But it's because... (laughs) It's because I just... I believe these people with their pictures and, like... I don't know. I, I always just trust people a little easily. I am a little gullible. People yeah, know that. Yeah. If you're throwing me a surprise party, I'm always going to be surprised. Right. Because I'm never, I'm just like, oh my God, I didn't know. And like, I trust, I just trust. Uh-huh. And it's always ended in catfishing for me. Yeah. And it's because of You've Got Mail. It's truly because of that. Because I just believe that that is, I don't know, I, I watched that so many times, like, in my life. Before we let you go, where can people find you and your work? Oh, um, well, you can watch Liza On Demand, the first season now, on YouTube Premium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe the pilot is still free. And I think they might release more episodes. I do not know. And the 
David Makes Man will premiere this summer on OWN, the uh-huh. Oprah Winfrey Network. And then I will be guest starring in other shows that will be coming out soon. Uh, I had some very fun roles that nice. I got to do this year. You can also find me on all social at travesties, T-R-A-V-I-S, nice. T-I-E-S. I'm not verified still. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> Instagram, they're like, uh, we don't know. You met Oprah. I don't know. You went to the Oscar. I don't know. We don't know yet. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, um, the more people that follow you, the better chances you'll have, I think. So everybody should go follow. Follow friends. me. Yeah. But also, I kind of do enjoy just like not <laughs> having it. It's fine. Now, yeah, I feel like it's like punk. I feel like with it, you become, it, there's a responsibility. Yeah. You're verified. How does that feel? Um, It means I can get whatever I want whenever <laughs> I want it. <laughs> All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easy, starting with the shows we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? So I mentioned this last week that I started Deadwood, but I only watched the first episode, so I wasn't really like ready to uh-huh. fully like talk about it. Um, but now I'm seven episodes in, and I fucking love it. So do you know about Deadwood? I uh, you told me about it last time. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Deadwood is like a, it's a fairly old for HBO show. It came out in 2004, and it's set in the Wild West, right? In a town with no laws. Um, the first episode, I was like, this does not pass the Bechdel test. And also, all the women represent all the things I don't like women representing in television. But Horse. And, yeah. And like, yeah. But also, like, n- not complex. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but that was just the first episode. And now I'm like, like, this is supposed to be one of the greatest shows of all time, like, critically acclaimed. Everyone who's ever seen it has always been like, oh, this is the best show of all time, blah, blah, blah. And I'm really loving it. It's like, it's, yeah, it's really great i've never really seen anything like it and there are all these guests on it who were not famous then and now are wildly famous so for instance nick offerman is in the second episode oh and he's only in it for one episode but it's i was like that looks a lot like him but there's no way it's him and then Kristen bell what is she doing in there she i mean i'm not gonna spoil it she there you know it's a it's a town during the gold rush so a lot of people are coming out west and going through this town so she's one of those people who's going through the town i don't know if she, her character is going to last more than two episodes yet but she's in it right there it's the same year that veronica mars came out so it's clearly mm. like right before she became a big star but um i was i screamed <laughs> um and yeah it's just it's so well acted the writing's incredible it's like got like shakespearean vibes to it sometimes but i'm really enjoying it and also, of course, Veep is back. Yeah. So uh, what are you watching this week? I, I Veep is my pride and joy this week. Oh, my God. Not my pride. <laughs> Veep, <laughs> Veep is my joy this week. <laughs> uh, I'm so... Veep is one of my fave shows of all time. All time. And I am so excited it's back. Uh, I need to rewatch the first episode again. Yep, same. Because I'm still... I'm almost done with my GOT rewatch. Mm-hmm. So, and that starts, like, uh, next week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everyone will be obsessively talking about it. As will we. Yeah. On this podcast. And, yeah, that's basically, I mean, I haven't watched anything new, so. 
that's it. What is your non-TV chaser? Well, in the spirit of spring cleaning, Alex and I did, in fact, spring clean our kitchen. Wow. And... One of our New Year's goals was to use less plastic. Mm -hmm. And so we did this thing where we were able to thrift a bunch of... Uh, you're going to hate everything that I'm about to say. I will. We, <laughs> we were able to thrift a bunch of unused mason jars and like big ones and small ones. And we were able to put everything into those glass jars because there's this really cool new grocery store that's in Bushwick <laughs> called Precycle. And it's a packageless store. So it's like the bulk section at a Whole Foods, but one not owned by Amazon and two everything is bulk. So you can bring in whatever containers you have, whether it's like a, yo a yogurt container that's cleaned out Tupperware or glass jars, and you can get like pretty much anything. And so we went and we did that. And it's just my kitchen looks so clean and organized and all like you can just see everything. And it's beautiful. And I'm so happy. It really made me happy. The face of disgust I and confusion I have does not really come <laughs> off on mic. But um, I just want everybody to know that that is my stand. <laughs> it sounds incredibly unsanitary, but I support it. Oh, thank you so much. Um, What's your chaser? I actually went to this grocery store this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I have been trying to take and post more pictures of myself. I've noticed and I've loved it. And Or, or just like taking it and posting on like Insta stories and things yeah. like that. I don't know. Instagram especially is weird. It is. It's like a mind fuck. Yeah. Because it is everybody presenting their best selves, which is not reality. Mm-hmm. So it is easy to get sucked in and be like, oh, my God, everybody else's lives are so much better. But by using it, it is kind of like an affirmation of being like, yeah, I feel like I look good today. I'll post a picture of myself. It's a weird spiral and we're all miserable. <laughs> <laughs> so I might as well take pictures of ourselves in the meantime. But no, it's been making you feel good. Yeah. it for this week's unhappy hour thanks for listening you can head to apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher wherever you get podcasts hit that subscribe button then rate us and review us but only if it's nice unhappy hour is a production of pineapple street media it's produced by barry finkel melissa slaughter and me matt bellisai special thanks to jenna weiss berman and max linsky our editors are dina kleiner and josh gwynn music by hansdale sue you can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. You want my love and my devotion. again to Mercari. Mercari is the selling app that makes it fast and easy to sell almost anything. You just take a few pics, add a description, and boom, your item is listed. With buyers in all 50 states, stuff really sells. And everything ships easily, so there are never any awkward meetups. You can find Mercari on the app stores or on Mercari.com. That's Mercari. M-E-R-C-A-R-I.